it's that time again, and we welcome you to episode 41, it's here, of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast, and you'll notice a few different things about today. My guest today is Scott Shirtliff of Brunswick, Ohio, and of course Scott is going to provide you with some great tips and great insights on basketball officiating, uh, but this episode does feature a few new things. We've got uh, five new, or not five new ones, I guess. We've got uh, different features to the five quick decisions segment, which is at the end. We have a rules discussion, which we added for the fourth quarter. And uh, t- Scott talks about his 15 seconds of fame, thanks to a video clip that he is seen on on ESPN's top Sports Center plays. And we also hear about House Bill. 44 in Ohio that is aimed at protecting sports officials and Scott has participated on that panel that pushed for this legislation. Uh, really interesting conversation with him about that. Uh, I, I certainly enjoyed this interview with him and uh, he did work a Final Four state tournament last year at the University of Dayton. He is in his 13th year of basketball officiating and he's involved in the Northern Ohio Officials Association. He's uh, also a business development manager for Precision Products in Strongsville, Ohio. And speaking of uh, great business people and businessmen and great businesses, PQ2 LLC is the sponsor of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast with Mark Fralick. Its owner, Matt Kearns, is uh, a great friend, longtime Ohio basketball officials for 35 years. He's a member of both the uh, Trumbull Portage and Lake Erie Basketball Officiating Associations uh, in Northeast Ohio. Um, You can learn more about PQ2 LLC at pq-2.com. And uh, normally we launch this on Friday. It's a little bit late, but uh, did you notice maybe that you had a notification that this was a new podcast? So if you haven't already, you can add this podcast to your favorites or hit the subscribe button on the podcast and once you do that, you'll receive a notification that a new episode is launched. And uh, if you want to rate and review the podcast, I would appreciate that as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast uh, financially, you can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash and click on the support button. And from there, you can select any one of the options. I appreciate that very much. I thank you also very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy listening to Scott Shirtliff on episode 41 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick Podcast. Enjoy. Well, welcome to another episode. We're excited to have Scott with us here today. You heard about his biography just a little bit ago. Scott, welcome to the High School Basketball Referee Podcast with Mark Fralick. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Before we get into the pregame, we want to hear a little bit from our major sponsor. That is Matt Kearns' company, which is PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref. If your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding extrusion or blow molded project make the right call to pq2 llc that's www.pq-2 
www.thebibleshow-2.com. So welcome back, and we want to get into the pregame right now. And uh, like we always do, we want to be able to learn a little bit more about our official. So um, talk to us a little bit, if you would, Scott, about uh, how the season went last year and maybe any interesting stories from last year and, and what you learned as a basketball official from a year ago. Well, I'll tell you what, Mark. Last year was, you know, the way I, I described it, it was kind of bizarre. You know, the, the previous year ended just as a tournament was kicking off due to COVID. And it just continued last year. And and I use the word bizarre because there were so many times when, when we would do games in empty gyms. And, you know, some schools would allow, you know, a, a parent or parents uh, into the into the gym. Uh, and it was just a, a different environment. Um, so it was, it was really quiet. You know, I, I had games where the only people in the gym were the, the players, the coaches, the officials, and the video guy. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just bizarre. But, you know, I guess what I learned from that, um, or as a result of that, was, uh, you know, improved communication with the coaches. You know, they weren't yelling uh, over a, a hostile crowd, if you will. And you were able to have a brief discussion maybe during free throws or, or in passing rather than yelling across the floor and having to address that in addition to what they're yelling about. So I think what came out of the, the, the quiet gyms, if you will, uh, was the fact that we were able to, at least I was able to improve my communications with the coaches. Yeah, that's great. And last year, you know, I'd be remiss without asking, but last year you had a state tournament game. I did. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it, it was, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, from a memory standpoint, uh, I did uh, a, a girls' state tournament game, and uh, that stands out as probably the most uh, exciting game I've ever done and the one that, that I will remember for the rest of my life. This is your 13th year of basketball officiating. Uh, why did you get in to basketball officiating, and how did you first hear about it? Well, you know, I, I played in high school. I played as a kid, and I played through high school, but uh, I didn't have any interest. I wasn't seeking it. I had a coworker come to me and ask me if I would be interested in joining him in taking a, a basketball uh, officiating class. I said, well, you know, let me check with the boss, and um, I went home and, and I talked it over with my wife and she encouraged me to do it uh, at the time. And, and I entered into the basketball officiating uh, arena a little later than most people do. Mm -hmm. um, our kids were grown and, and graduated from college and just freshly off of that. And so we were kind of empty nesters and uh, it gave me an opportunity to get out and, and go and do something uh, rather than sitting at home. And uh, so I decided to do that, and uh, I actually took uh, Eddie Glynn's class. And uh, from an officiating, officiating standpoint, best, best thing I've ever done. Um, Eddie's become a, a very good friend of mine, and I've made uh, some real good friends along the way. So you're taking the class after your kids have gone out. So you've gone to a bunch of games. What did you learn from the class classwork? It was just the basics, mm -hmm. you know, I, I learned how to be an official, yeah. you know, you know, I, I was <laughs> on the player side and I was, I'm sure I was one of those players that would complain a lot. And, uh, I, I learned the other side of it and I learned, you know, what it would take patience, um, game management, 
good decision making, you know, proper positioning, you know, all those things along with the rules. Uh, you got to know the rules. Um, one, one thing that, that Eddie uh, imparted in us, and, and I take it to this day and I tell other people, uh, is that you use the rules to keep you out of trouble, not to get you out of trouble. And uh, that's something that I live by on, yeah. on the court. Yeah, that's a great, great point. And uh, that's something that uh, I think a lot of officials need to hear that. And the other thing I think they need to hear is a pregame. And uh, we're getting into our current season now where, you know, we want to maybe get some ideas of what kind of things we need to talk about in our pregames. And we always hear a lot of really good things. Um, What things do you cover in your pregame? You know, there are so many things that we go over, Mark. You know, it just depends from game to game. There may be some backstories with coaches or backstories with schools. You know, uh, we we might uh, we might talk about those things, but but you know, first and foremost, we we talk about uh, expect the unexpected. You know, if something goofy happens out there, we want to keep our eyes on the benches, make sure players aren't coming out onto the floor. Um, you know, just if if something goofy happens, we need to be prepared for that, and we need to get together, not to be in a rush to get to the table. And, and, you know, go with an intentional foul or, you know, you can always take a common foul and, and move it up, but you can't take a, an intentional foul and move it down. So we always talk about let's get together before we go to the table if something goofy happens. Communication. Communication is key amongst the team, the, 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 the crew. Um, and, and we talk about being consistent from one end of the floor to the other. You know, the last thing you want to do is call a block at one end and a similar play on the other end and call it a charge. Now you've created a situation for yourself that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about the the athleticism of the of the kids. You know that both the boys and the girls, their athleticism is so far advanced today than it was years ago. So you know, we try to we talk about you know try to let them get into the flow of the game. They're so athletic that let's see if they can play through the bumps uh, and the nudges. You know, we talk about. Uh, uh, rhythm, speed, and balance. If if a bump doesn't affect rhythm, speed, and balance, let it go. We don't need game interrupters. So you know th- those are some of the things that uh, that we talk about. You know, boy on the boy side above the rim play. Let's be cognizant of off ball activity. You know, you don't want something goofy happening off ball. So those are, those are a, a couple of things. For, and and lastly, and probably most importantly, Mark, let's go out there and have fun. Mm-hmm. So. You're right. That probably is the most important thing and kind of gets overlooked in all that we do, uh, for sure. So that is the end of our pregame. We're going to go to the first quarter. But first, I want to thank PQ2 LLC as the major sponsor of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Uh, Owner and friend Matt Kearns has been a basketball official in Ohio for multiple years. And PQ2 LLC is his business, and it's an Ohio-based engineering and specialty thermoplastic resin distributor with more than 40 years of success in plastics manufacturing and resin distribution. If you are a processor, OEM, or an entrepreneur who wants to engage in a discussion, optimize an existing part, or develop an application, please give Matt Kearns a call at 330-888-9448. Again, 330 330- 888-9448. And that's Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. And we go into our first quarter. 
and uh, had some great success uh, yourself, Scott, in officiating. How did you progress through the ranks, and what has contributed to your success? You know, Mark, I think I think what's contributed most uh, is learning and, and observing uh, the veterans, observing and learning from the veterans. You know, when I was young uh, uh, and getting into, you know, graduating from doing, you know, little kids games, getting into the freshman and JV ball, um, I would always uh, stick around for at least half the game and most of the times the whole game and, and watch the varsity officials work, see how they handle the game, see how they manage the game, talk to coaches, interacted with players, interacted with each other. And, uh, you know, I, I contribute a lot of my attribute, a lot of my success to to that. And, and we don't see a lot of that anymore. No. Um, and and uh, I'm disappointed in that. A lot of the younger officials, they, they do their, their game and they're off and running. Um, I, I'd, like, I'd like to see them stick around. And I would pepper these guys with questions. Why did you call this? Why didn't you call that? Um, and I would pick up some mechanics from from some of the veteran officials you know, you take a little bit of this guy's game and a little bit of that guy's game and you, and you mold it into your own, you make it your own. And, uh, you know, those are those are some of the things that, that I learned when I was younger to just be a sponge around the veterans. You know, you, t- you talk about the veterans. Did you have any mentors that um, that really was impactful for you? And, and how how did you utilize your mentor? Well, I'll start with with first and foremost, Ken Rockhold has been instrumental in in where I am today in my officiating career. He gave me my first opportunity uh, to do high school basketball, and he's become a, a, a very close friend of mine. I talk to Ken all the time, and uh, he has, has been uh, a mentor, both guiding me uh, and, and advising me on and off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, from an officiating standpoint, there were two guys that kind of took me under their wings when, when I was younger, uh, Rob Walgate and uh, Chris Berenger. And both of those guys uh, highly respected high school officials and have gone on to officiate at the collegiate level. And uh, I would stick around their games. Uh, we would meet up on Friday nights afterwards and we would talk and as i had mentioned before just become a sponge and you know i had both their phone numbers and i would call them and they would call me and we would talk about games and situations and mistakes that i had made and 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 their recommendations or suggestions for how i handle something uh differently the next time so you know those two guys in in addition to ken those two guys from an encore standpoint uh uh, I would I would uh, say we're we're the two guys that mentored me uh, along the way. You know, sometimes our mentors have to say things to us that maybe we don't like, and <laughs> that are tough conversations to have. Uh, do you recall any maybe one instance that your mentor said something to you and it really kind of stuck with you and helped your officiating career? No, oh, hey Mark, this is a no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing I was doing a, a JV game. Uh, boys game at Strong's. It was a Shaker Heights at Strong's. So I was probably in my third or fourth year of officiating. And I was the lead, so I'm along the, the, the end line. And a play came down near the corner to my left. And the ball ricocheted off of two players and went out of bounds. I had no idea. I totally guessed from where I was. It, it, it didn't have an impact on the game. But after the game, 
uh, Ken came into the, Ken Rockhold, he happened to be there, uh, came into the locker room and went up one side of me and down the other <laughs> and called me lazy, you know, and if you continue to officiate like that, you'll never work for me again. And that, that conversation has had the, the biggest impact. I mean, from that day on, I hustled and I got out in, you know, a similar play. I would get out to that corner just as quick as I could so I can have the best look at it and make the right call. And, uh, we laugh about it today. I mean, we'll, we'll do our Friday night thing and, and, uh, you know, there'll be a young official in attendance and, and Ken will say, Hey, Scott, tell them about Strongsville Shaker Heights. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, that one, that one, stuck and will be, we will be with me the rest of my life gentle ken <laughs> yeah gentle ken yeah he went up one side and down the other uh now that you're considered a veteran though um uh do you ever find yourself in that mentoring role at a high school game and, and how do you kind of take on that responsibility well, you know, I, absolutely, I do, I have, um, and, you know, converse to the younger guys sticking around, you know, I'll go and, and be there for the start of the JV game, and I'll just watch and observe, and going at halftime, um, have nothing but uh, constructive comments or positive comments for the guys. I don't want to fill them with, oh, you were out of position this and there and your mechanic was off on that. And I don't want to do that at halftime of their game because I don't want to fill their heads with all kinds of clutter and then send them out to, to officiate the second half of the game. So I'll wait until the end of the game. And it's always done in a constructive manner. You guys did a great job. Uh, here, this one play here, you probably could have, could have had a better look at it if you just slid down a step or two. So just kind of pointing out things that uh, give them uh, opportunity to work on. You know, I'll tell the guys, you know, I'm going to give you three or four points, but just pick one. And when you go out the next game, just work on one thing. And if you do that every game, you'll see how quickly that how quickly you get better as an official. And I've given out my phone number and I've taken phone numbers from guys and uh, and girls and uh we'll uh we'll uh we'll have conversations and uh um you know again through that interaction you become very good friends with people mm -hmm. and that, that's something i'm very fortunate to, to have right now yep. and that's the end of our first quarter we're going to go to our second quarter but first we want to hear from matt kearns who wants to talk to us a little bit about pq2 llc we'll be right back Hey ref, objectivity, integrity, and experience, all hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customer's successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. Second quarter, we talk about officials and, and how to improve. Of course, that's what the whole podcast is about, but I want to drill down a little bit on this and talk about the value of camps and, and association meetings along with some of the positives and maybe some of the negatives that 
that you see um, with camps, clinics, uh, association meetings. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Wow. Well, you know, as far as camps, camps and clinics go, you know, as a younger official, it, it was the best way for me to learn from the veterans, from from the clinicians. Um, and there were signers there. So if I wanted to get games, you know, I had to go to these camps. I had to learn and, and uh, they would have their their seminars, their half hour, 45 minute little discussions on, uh, you know, just the, the ins and outs of the game. And uh, I would always, you know, always go to one or two camps every year and just absorb as much as I could. Uh, I think, again, having the uh, veteran officials there as clinicians and assigners there, you know, the, the if you did a good job, you were going to get games. And, uh, you know, the veterans would see that and they would tell the assigner and uh, that would turn into maybe a freshman JV opportunity, and then you'd, you're off and running from there. You know, the, the only negative, I guess, I would I would say, and I wouldn't really call it a negative of the camp per se, but but I would hear, oh, you you have to go to so and so's camp, or you're not going to get games. That is absolutely not true. If you go out there and you bust your butt and, and you work hard and you make good decisions and you make good calls, you're going to get games. It, it, it's it's just uh, it, that's just the way it is. Um, so, you know, as far as the camps go, you know, I would encourage the younger guys, you get an opportunity uh, to go to a camp. Uh, that's the best way to be seen. That's the best way to improve. That's the best way to move up. Totally agree. And speaking of camps, there's always the, uh, the summer capital camp, uh, that, uh, the OHSAA is part of that, uh, along with the OABO. And that's a great summer camp to be a part of for young officials. So I would really encourage any Ohio young officials, uh, to, uh, find out more information about that or email me and I can, uh, put you in touch with somebody who's, um, will have more information with that. Cause it really is something that, uh, you get a lot of good feedback from not just, um, not just officials in your area, but from all over Ohio. And so uh, that's great stuff there. So spend some time, if you would, Scott, and talk a little bit about association meetings, local association meetings, and um, what makes a really good local association meeting? What kind of things do you do in your own association? Well, I've been fortunate to be on the board of the Northern Ohio Officials Association for some years now. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we encourage uh, our association members to uh, take in as many meetings as they can. You're only required to attend four, but we usually uh, host six uh, meetings uh, each season. So we encourage everybody to, to attend as many as they can because oftentimes there are, there are uh, points to be made, uh, educational um, items gone over that, that would benefit an official, but he's already got his four, so he didn't go to the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think one of the more popular uh, meetings that, that we have uh, is a coaches panel meeting. We try to get uh, four, five, or six coaches and maybe sprinkle in uh, an assigner uh, or an athletic director. Uh, it's by far our, our uh, most popular one as far as attendance goes. And, and what that does is it gives the opportunity for the coaches to explain to the membership what they're looking for out of a good official. 
and you hear it quite often. You know, I'm looking for somebody to come in and and hustle and communicate with me. I, you know, if I ask a question, uh, a quick answer. I don't. I'm not trying to, um, you know, keep you away from focusing on the game. But you know, give me a give me a quick answer or tell me you'll get back to me on something. Um, that, you know, what they're looking for is is somebody that that you can agree to disagree. But uh, but give them a quick explanation and go. But um, you know, having the coaches there explaining um, what they're looking for uh, and, and how to have the game go successful from both the coaches and officials' interaction standpoint, uh, it, it's it's been it's really important. Number one, but it, it's really good information for our membership to absorb. How has that been with during the discussions? Has there been any tense situations on that, or has it just been a you've got to have uh, somebody in the middle to mediate that? But generally, I would think that uh, preseason, anyways, they just uh, want to know a little bit more about the officials as well, and the officials want to know a little bit more about what the coaches expect too, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's an interactive uh, um, session where questions are asked and, and, and answered by the coaches and the ads and uh you know from what i can remember going back years mark i don't think there's ever been any tension uh in the room um you know some guys may say well that's not how you act when we're out on the court you know <laughs> but uh um you know and and oftentimes the coaches say look i know i can be uh uh, unreasonable. I'll, I'll be, I'll be kind, you know, I, I can be unreasonable out there, but at the end of the day, I'm just looking for you to, to give me a, a quick little hit and run and, and, and we're off to the next play. Talk about some of the areas uh, for this season that you're looking to approve upon as a high school official. You know, last year you did the state tournament and some might have this perception that, boy, you know, you've reached that pinnacle part of your career. Um, you really don't need to improve upon anything. But realistically, we all know that every year and every game is a learning experience. So uh, maybe look at your game and what kind of things you want to get better at this year. Well, yeah, certainly, you know, we're bound to make mistakes. Nobody's ever officiated a perfect game. Right. Uh, it's, it's not out there. It's that unicorn. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to refer back to, to that that strong so shaker heights game and and uh you know i'm i'm it's always in my mind that i need to get in into the best position uh or let me back up uh i need to make every effort uh to be in the right place at the right time um so that i can see the play and make the right call so you know that's always in my mind to be hustling to be in the right position the right place at the right time and and you can always work on uh you know uh game management communication with the coaches communication with the players you know we try to we try to talk these kids out of things you know get your hands off um out of the key you know get out wait get out of the key get out of the key because last thing i want to do is call you know make a three second call game interrupter you know, those are just, uh, those are taboo. So. Yeah. And they're, um, most of those are preventable. If you just communicate with the players, you're right. Um, no doubt about that. Hey, that is the end of our second quarter. We are going to go to halftime. Uh, and then that's going to lead us to our new segment, uh, later in the second half where we uh, talk about one particular rule. And so we're going to have that in the fourth quarter. 
And then we're going to follow that up with the uh, post game and our five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Third quarter, we like uh, we want to talk about some game management. Um, important part of basketball officiating is game management. We just don't go out and blow that whistle. We like to be able to uh, kind of take a little bit control of the game on what things happen and don't happen, and uh, uh, just make sure the game flows the way the way it should. And uh, we talked about um, a little bit about your tournament time and uh, how that how that went. Um, no doubt, I think a lot of the reasons officials advance in the tournament is is their ability to manage the game. So if you could a little bit, give us a few examples of some good game management. Well, Mark, you mentioned it as a lead into this question. Um, you want to get a good flow to the game, right? So, and I had mentioned previously, you know, we're talking to the kids, uh, you know, talk them out of the paint, uh, so you're not calling three seconds, talking them to get their hands off. So you, you get a good flow to the game. You don't have those those interrupters. Um, and, and if you see a couple of players starting to get chippy with each other, you, you, you talk with them. I, I think I think you know from a game management standpoint, communication with the players and communication with the coaches are are key. Um, and and as a crew, we have to be on on, uh, on the same page as far as that goes. You see a couple of players getting chippy, uh, and you just go and have a discussion, a quick discussion with them. Guys, knock it off, knock it off. And uh, more times than not, you know they'll they'll back off. Or if you make a an, an outwardly verbal uh, comment to your partner, uh, you know, hey, Mike, these two right here, let's keep our eyes on them, and they hear you say that. Oftentimes, the, that nonsense will stop. So. You know, again, communication, uh, you know, with with the coach, if one of his players is getting out of line, maybe he's doing a little trash talking, maybe he's doing, you know, something under his breath and he thinks he's getting away with, you can tell the coach, hey, coach, you know, you know, number one's being a little bit of a pain out here. Can you have a little conversation with him at, at uh, you know, during a timeout or, or during free throws or, you know, a stop and play? And, and and oftentimes, if a coach uh, starts bending his player's ear, that'll help improve the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just staying calm uh, in the heat of the battle uh, also goes a long way to, to properly managing a game so you can get through it successfully. Um, I think one of the things that, that I, I do, and, and it's not often, uh, 
because it doesn't happen very often. But, you know, you'll get a blowout. And, and, and there's a team out there, uh, you know, down by 35 or 40 points, and the coach is throwing up the white flag, and there's three, four minutes left in the game. And, and he wants to get his younger players in the game. And, uh, and these kids, they're, they're at practice every day, and they're working just as hard as the guys that are getting all the playing time. And their parents from the stands every game. And, and they're not, you know, seeing their kids playing too much. But as soon as they check into the table, uh, if, if the game is going back and forth, back and forth, and there's no sign of, of there being a dead ball, I'll blow my whistle. And I'll bend over, and I'll untie my shoe, and I'll retie my shoe. And uh, that gives uh, the opportunity for the game to stop mm-hmm. and, and for those kids to get into the game and get some playing time. So that's just a different angle about game management, sure. but something that I'm kind of proud that, that that you know these kids get get their their moment in the sun, if you will. Exactly. Yep. No, that's that's a good thing, and you know that's our job is to look out for the kids too, and uh, that's a good way to do it to make sure they get that time in the game. I really like that. Um, you know, in in 13 years, when do you think the light bulb kind of went off in your head and you realized? Hey, this game management stuff's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I ever had an aha moment. You know, I, I, and again, I'm kind of repeating myself, but when I was younger, just watching how the veterans handled certain situations, mm-hmm. you know, and being a sponge to that and, and implementing that into my game, and it takes time. It takes seeing plays. It takes having a coach bend your ear and, you know, hearing, you know, certain things out of the stands and, um, you, you know, you, you turn a, a deaf ear to stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, it just, it was just experience watching how the veteran officials did it and, and taking it and implementing it into my own game. Well, that is the end of our third quarter. I want to thank once again PQ2 LLC as the major sponsor of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Uh, You know by now through all of the ads that you've heard that Matt Kearns is owner and a great friend of mine and uh, has been a basketball official in Ohio for 30 plus years. And uh, PQ2, though, it's an an Ohio-based engineering and specialty thermoplastics resin distributor with more than 40 years of success in plastic manufacturing and resin distribution. If you are a processor, OEM, or an entrepreneur who wants to engage in a discussion, optimize an existing part, or develop an application, give Matt a call at 330-888-9448. So we go into the fourth quarter, and this is our new segment where we uh, have a rule and a discussion uh, so talk a little bit uh, about this rule. We're going to touch on 3.4.5a. And I want to thank Asa Donaldson, uh, basketball official uh, in Ohio, who sends out these, uh, these play scenarios, uh, and they're real helpful. I know we read these every week, and uh, they're, I just love reading these and getting some solutions on them. But uh, this is what the situation is. Uh, Team A is awarded the ball for a throw-in under the alternating uh, procedure. A1 commits a violation. What happens to the alternating possession arrow? So say that again. Team A is awarded the ball for a throw-in under the alternating procedure. A1 commits a violation. 
what happens to the alternating possession arrow. So the options are Team B will get the throw in for the violation, and Team B will also get the alternating possession arrow, or Team B will get the throw in for the violation, but Team A will keep the AP arrow. So, Scott, talk a little bit about this situation and which of the two is correct, and have you had a similar situation at all like this at all? You know, that is so funny because I just had that happen uh, earlier this week, Tuesday. So the answer, I'm going to tell you, is A. Right, uh, correct. Team B will, will then get the throw in as a result of the violation, and then Team B will also get the, the arrow. Um, uh, we had two teams, and uh, there was a, a held ball right, right in the key. So the alternating uh, uh, possession went to Team A, and I was administering the ball uh, at the end line and uh, told the player, spot, and I stepped back, I started my count, and the player ran <laughs> as if they had to run the baseline. Blew my whistle, called the violation. It now becomes B's ball. Uh, A has forfeited possession, and, and they have forfeited the arrow. Wow. You know, things like that happen all the time, and we just, I guess that's a, a thing to be ready, and it's pretty amazing. You know, a lot of times people don't know this, and maybe they do, but I provide questions beforehand, but that rule I didn't uh, I didn't know about what happened in your game beforehand. So <laughs> talk about things happening at the right time. I guess that's, uh, uh, that's uh, kind of neat that that happened so we can have a good example of it right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in your bio, when you return uh, that to me, um, one really interesting thing um, that is on here is that you participated on a panel of uh, some association board members, some coaches, athletic directors, and assigners who met with um, some state senators who were responsible for, for pushing the sports officials assault legislation. So House Bill 208 um, has been introduced and would make it a fifth-degree felony to assault any sports official in the state of Ohio. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, that and why you got involved in this. Uh, it, it was an interesting thing. They, they had reached out to the various different associations uh, in, uh, in the state, and uh, I had been in a couple of different uh, instances where uh, I either personally saw or was personally part of, uh, or a good friend of mine um, had been assaulted mm. by a fan. And, you know, I, I kind of took that to heart when, when this opportunity came up and as part of uh, being on the board of the Northern Ohio officials association, uh, I told my fellow board members, uh, Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go join, this panel and I want to get involved in this. So I, I did. And we met down at Streetsboro high school a couple of times and, uh, had, uh, uh a number of, uh, conference calls, if you will, and just trying to get as much, uh, information as possible and gain as much support, uh, to try to get, uh, uh, house bill 208, uh, you know, in, into the house, um, pretty proud to say that it's passed twice and, and they've tweaked it a little bit here and there. Everybody's got their own agenda. So they, they want to, to, you know, put their own special interests in there. And, and they, it's actually been just recently been renamed HB uh, 44. Uh, and it's, it's currently sitting uh, 
on the agenda on the agenda with the the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something that's extremely important because you know you, you have a, a fan buy an eight dollar ticket to come into a sporting event. It's not just not basketball. This is across all sports, and uh, that does not give them the right to verbally abuse an official, and in some cases physically abuse some officials. Personally, for me, um, the crew was walking out of a game. We were down uh, doing a, a game outside of Ashland a, a couple of years ago, and we had uh, uh, issued a technical to a player. Well, the player's father followed us out into the out into the parking lot wow. and uh, uh, came up on us and and you know had language for us that is not appropriate for this show. <laughs> but uh, you know, we pretty much told him, um, you know, that nothing good can come from this you need to just turn around and go back into the school. Um, and as he turned around and retreated, put his tail between his legs, um, he had some more choice words for us. And you mm-hmm. just kind of shake your head about stuff like that. You know, I don't know if he thinks his son's the next Michael Jordan or LeBron and, you know, you know, we're jeopardizing his, his collegiate opportunities. I don't know what these people are thinking. Uh, I was on the floor uh, on another occasion when, uh, a player uh, didn't like the call one of my partners made and came up and shoved him from behind. Wow. And he didn't see it. He was blindsided by it. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he didn't see, he didn't see the light of day for a while. Um, and, and another real good friend of mine uh, was assaulted by a coach after a game in the hallway. Wow. And, you know, this is, it's very important. It's personal to me. Mm-hmm. And it's it should be personal to every sports official out there because you, you can't let this continue. And the, these people just come out there and they think, again, hey, I can pay my $8 and I can say and do whatever I want. Well, no, you can't. Um, and it's it's if we can get this passed, you know, that activity um, will come with consequences. And the quicker we can get this through, the quicker we can put it in place, the quicker that this type of behavior will stop. Well, one thing is for certain, I can tell your passion on this. Yeah. And, I, and it really is. It's, it's very evident. And we appreciate all the effort that you have put into this. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the final bill looks like when this thing goes through. So thank you for that. And that is also the end of the fourth quarter. We're going to go to the post game. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. So in our post game, uh, we want to talk to officials and kind of educate them a little bit about life outside the court and, uh, uh, for yourself, Scott, you've been married to your wife, Donna, for 34 years. You have two children and a grandchild. 
Um, you mentioned in your biography that you like to spend time with family and friends. And, you know, of those 34 years, the last 13 has been as a basketball official. So that really was probably quite an adjustment for not just your wife, but for everybody involved um, that you that you kind of hang out with. So uh, during basketball season at times, you know, that's a tough thing to do. Talk a little bit about how you balance that family life and uh, how you've been able to uh, turn that into a positive. Yeah, first and foremost, I would, Mark, I would not be where I am today without the love and support of my wife and my family. Um, They've been very understanding uh, for when I've been gone. And and because I work both on the boys' side and the girls' side, I have games Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of time away from home. So, uh, again, their love, their support, their patience uh, couldn't have done it without without them uh showing me that uh so um i'm very appreciative that uh that they've allowed me to do that now the the kids are a little older and and they're both out of the house and and married and uh and as you mentioned our first grandson was born here about three weeks ago so that's uh boy just a a sense of pride for 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 me and for us and uh, believe me, I'm going to get him a little referee shirt just as quick as I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, to try to balance the, the, the life, you know, the officiating, uh, the, t- the time I'm away, my wife and I, we make it a point. We have date night every Thursday night, just the two of us. We go out, we have a nice dinner somewhere, we spend some time uh, just catching up. Because oftentimes, you know, I'm gone, I'm uh, I'm getting home at you know ten ten thirty, depending on where I, where I'm officiating. Could be a, you know on the east side, I'm on Mentor or something like that, and uh, and I'm not getting home till ten ten thirty. And by the time I get home, I just want to have a bite to eat and and uh, put my head on the pillow. So um, we use Thursdays uh, as as our date night, and that seems to balance things out. And then uh, I try to stay away from Saturday night games, although I do end up doing a couple of them. So between uh, my off days of Monday, Thursday, Saturday, that, that's how we, you know, we kind of balance things out. We, we make it a point to spend quality time with each other. And, uh, and I don't hesitate to tell her how much I appreciate her yeah. allowing me to do this. No, and, and honestly, it's a, a breath of fresh air to hear this. I mean, your situation is real similar to, to mine as well. Uh, you know, we've been I've been married to my wife about the same amount of years, and and uh, two children and a grandchild that I have one on the way, and and so it's um it's really similar, and uh, it really is important to have have that support um, from the family members. So it's it's great to hear that, and I think it's a good lesson for other officials too to know that you need that communication from uh, other family members to continue to have that love and support because if you just do it on your own without their support it's not going to be a good it's not going to be a good thing um you know one of the things about officiating though is that uh when on a on a friday night you know we like to go out afterwards sometimes um or saturday night and for for those of, of you and and myself sometimes that don't do saturday evening games all the time uh, Friday night's valuable to us to be able to go out with our brothers and sisters and officiating and, and enjoy some time after the game. Is that something that 13 years ago you didn't expect to have happen? Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Um, although I, I was, 
exposed to it because, you know, as I was coming up as a younger official, um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I would uh, spend my, my uh, after my game, spend the time watching the varsity game. And on Friday nights, you know, uh, on occasion, the guys would get together uh, at a local establishment and they would invite me to join them and I would go. Um, but it wasn't as regular as it is today for me. Um, we've got a, a, a group of guys that, uh, that go to one of the local establishments that, that is, uh, you know, from a logistics standpoint, works for everybody, uh, close to home for everybody. And we all, uh, and we put the word out and it could be anywhere from four to 10, 12 guys, uh, getting together, depending on who's working where and when, um, Friday nights are, are kind of special. We all get together and we all tell our stories. We all laugh have a bite to eat, a couple of beverages, and then we head home. Hey, that's the end of our post game. We're going to go to the five quick decisions, and we're going to hear about Scott's 15 seconds of national fame. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. Well, welcome to the five quick decisions, and uh, uh, we we kind of teased it beforehand uh, about Scott's fifteen seconds of fame. We'll get to that question in a little bit. Uh, five quick decisions. We're fed on Friday, Saturday night, sometimes during the week after a game. What's the best food you've ever had at a basketball game? Well, Mark, for me, it's it, I'm a big popcorn guy. Love popcorn. So um, my favorite is is the popcorn at Strongsville. They put the micro, you know, they only have a machine there that's popping it, and they pour it in a little bag or whatever, and uh, they put that whole microwave bag in the microwave. They pop that thing up, and there you're good to go. <laughs> I, I don't end up eating the whole thing because that's a lot of popcorn, but that's my favorite. So always remember this, and I've told this many times on the podcast, that always have a gallon baggie in your officiating bag because if they bring that extra popcorn to you after the game, now, instead of having that all fall in the car, you can just put that in the Ziploc baggie, take it home. Probably some of the other officials don't want their popcorn. You can add theirs in there. Now you're, now you're set for a while. So. Oh, baggie is going in my bag before I leave for tonight's game. I can guarantee you that. Uh, talk about one game you'll always remember officiating and why it's a remembrance. Uh, Mark, hands down, state game last year. Yep. Um you know, I was supposed to do uh, a state game uh, in in 2020, uh, and, and obviously that got canceled by COVID. And ironically, uh, I had uh, the the Saturday one uh, the Saturday one of the championship games, and on Thursday they canceled the tournament. Oh, uh, I was highly disappointed. Yep. Um, first time I was going to be on the floor down in Columbus. Looking forward to working at you know on the floor at St. John Arena. Sure. 
And, uh, and then, uh, as it turns out, so, you know, we had the season last year, uh, but they moved it to Dayton, right. um, for a variety of reasons. And, uh, although I didn't get to, to work the tournament on the floor at St. John, as I had hoped, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to, to be selected to, to work a state game, uh, at the university of Dayton. And that was awesome. <laughs> I heard, I have heard that that place is phenomenal and yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, Okay. So from walking on a basketball floor to walking off the basketball floor at each game you officiate, what's your favorite part of officiating a basketball game? You know, I just, I thrive on the, on, on the thrill of the competition. You know, I get excited to get out there with my friends. Oftentimes I'm working as a crew with my friends. Yep. And, you know, to, to get out there and, you know, like uh, uh, earlier in this earlier in the week, packed gym first time since God knows how long. And it was just electric and uh, had a great game. Uh, just just the the atmosphere, the 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 energy. Um, I get excited to go out and nail a game with my buddies and then. Uh, and then be completely satisfied with it uh, afterwards. That's that, that's just an awesome feeling. So here it is. We talked about your 15 seconds of fame. This is question number four on five quick decisions. The weirdest and funniest, most unusual thing to ever happen to you while officiating. You were on ESPN. Is that right? Sports Center play of the day. <laughs> number one. Number one. Yeah. Number one. So set this up now, for us. I'm, I'm going to frame it a little bit because, okay. you know, my phone was, bl- I didn't even know, you know, um, I, let, let me back up. I'll frame it a little bit for you. It was uh, Avon at Medina and uh, it was actually uh, a little before halftime uh, in the first half, a couple minutes before halftime. Uh, they're, they're one of their star player or their star player at the time, stole the ball at the other end, uh, weaved his way through traffic. And I, at the time I was the trail uh, becoming the new lead so i saw him steal the ball and i busted my butt down to to the, the end line at the other end of the court and here he comes and i'm watching and i as just as i get to the baseline uh the avon defender plants himself and the medina player just goes right up over the top of him and flushes it yep and the as he's as he's up in the air the avon player uh bails a little bit there was contact but there was nothing i mean i i, I am not blowing my whistle on a play like that and i've never heard a gym with you know 30 people in it make so much noise in my life it was just exciting so that's the description of the play little did i know that it was going to be end up being espn sports center play of the day my phone starts blowing up like at 1130 i'm in bed and my phone ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and everybody's going, Are you, did you see Sports Center? Oh my God, that was awesome. And all it was was me in the background coming along the baseline and watching this play come into my lap. But that's something that I will have that not too many people have. <laughs> that's fantastic. I, uh, I love that. I watched the play. And, and I'm going to try to post it on the podcast uh, notes. I don't know if I'll be able to or not, um, but I'll try to post that. If you have a link, send that to me. I'll see what I can do. Okay. But, and, uh, and what's funny about that is if you if you listen to the uh, the guys, the ESPN guys doing the commentary, the, the, the kid's name was Corey Tripp. 
And and at the end of the play, the guy says, and if you don't think that that's the play of the night, you be tripping. <laughs> and it was just... <laughs> It, it was just funny. It was oh, just so I can I can tell all my all my friends and family members. Yeah, I'm one up on you. I was on ESPN Play of the Day number one play. Love it. Uh, last question: uh, What's the funniest thing a player, coach, or a fan has ever said to you? You know, I'm going to turn this around a little bit because okay. I've heard a bunch of stuff, and you know, just recently I heard, "Hey, hey, ref." Uh, we found your cell phone. You got four missed calls. You know, that's, that's kind of funny stuff. But I like that you one. Know, me, earlier in our career, me and my buddy, Paul Philippi, um, we were doing a, a JV game. And there's a, a fan sitting right in the front row. And, and he didn't like – I don't think he liked any of the calls we made. And and during a timeout, he stands up. And, he, and we're standing next to each other. He looks at me. He says, you're terrible. And he points at us. You're terrible. And he looks at Paul and he says, and you're horrible. <laughs> and my buddy Paul says, no, 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 you got it wrong. I'm terrible. <laughs> He's horrible. We laugh about that today and we will laugh about that years from now. <laughs> How'd the guy react? He, he just stood there. He didn't know what to say and we didn't hear anything from him the rest of the game. <laughs> It was it was so funny. What a you know, and that's that's a, just a great response, just a great response yes. on short notice. That's fantastic. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> well, terrible and horrible. It's been it's been <laughs> <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time out to uh, to be a part of the high school basketball referee with Mark Fraley podcast. Best of luck to you this year. Have a great season and uh, and enjoy the rest of the year. Hey, Mark, thank you very much. I really enjoyed spending the time with you. Uh, again, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a good season this year. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. Brighten someone's day with a smile. And God bless. <laughs>